about Rob, it, it does feel a little bit like we're on we're on like live broadcast at the moment because we're, we're broadcast. Well, we think we're broadcasting to the Discord server. Yeah, just a completely off the cuff experiment with uh, Rogue Amoeba's loopback software. Yeah, it feels like a very kind of gaffer taped solution. But I think we've got how many? We've we got one. Oh, we've got quite a few now. Look, there's loads of them. One, two, three. There's about five audience members. Yeah. I suddenly feel under pressure. It's a bit a bit scary. Paul says it feels like they're eavesdropping. <laughs> <laughs> wow, who's that voice? Doc, you're oh. back. By popular demand. Yeah. One of our most... Po- I can't say our most popular guests because that's not fair on everyone else, but um, yeah, one of our most popular guests. Welcome back, Doc. Hey, welcome back. What, what did I just say? <laughs> I'm glad to be back. <laughs> right, great way to start. Same nonsense. We, you sound great as well. Uh, well yeah. That's all thanks to Rob. Well, it's not. It was. It was um, who was it? It was the the podcastage guy, Bandrew. That's it's. That, was it Bandrew? Oh, that um, someone sent me the um. The YouTube video with with the sort of reviews of different sorts of mics. Yeah, I said no, that was me. I did I did send you that, but yeah, but the the advice, the, the knowledge was Bandrew. Was yeah, podcastage was a brilliant resource if you're in the market for a microphone. That's literally all he does. He's got thousands of videos of him talking into microphones. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah, yeah, and it was so what, it was quite satisfying that he didn't like the Blue Yeti because that made me feel better about not splurging an extra one fifty. <laughs> you, you invested yeah, so, well. So yeah, what did you go for? It's an Audio Technica something twenty one eighty R twenty one hundred X. I can now reel it off. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it sounds great. It does sounds really good. We, we're definitely the best guest audio so far. You got you can definitely win that prize. I will take it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, what a week anyway. Um, we've got quite a big outline here, actually. Most of it's about Doc, which is nice because we can quiz him about things. But um, the first thing isn't the first thing is about my studio tour, which um, the reason I think I put this on the list just just because uh, Rob left a whole bunch of um, questions and feedback as a result of watching it, which are, most of which really made me laugh. Um, and I thought we could just very quickly, if, if you want to go through it. But um, for those who don't know, I did a studio tour uh, that was published this week. And it was just the most horrible video to film ever. It was just utterly horrendous. And um, don't get me wrong, I'm very grateful for what I do for a living. And I'm blessed and all the rest of it. But um turns out it's really hard work. I did that classic thing where I went into it thinking, oh, this will be easy. Everyone does this kind of vlogging thing. You know, Casey Neistat kind of invented it. And everyone else does the same thing. And piece of cake no it's really difficult took me an hour to film what ended up being half an hour's worth of uh, a video camera overheated twice a camera which apparently can't overheat overheated twice and um three grand well spent then yeah i'm pretty pretty happy about that (laughs) and uh and uh yeah i think the the biggest issue with it was that i I suddenly when i started doing it i suddenly realized that i was doing both a roll and b roll at the same time and it was just horrible because <laughs> you have to remember everything you want to talk about. You've got to be careful not to do, do. I know you can take things out in the edit, but you want to make the edit as easy as possible, obviously. So you've got to do all that kind of stuff. Try and keep the camera nice and steady. Try and get decent footage of things. Um, yeah, it was just hard work, but I think it came out all right. Um, but Rob, yeah, you had, you had some feedback, didn't you? Yeah, I can't remember what I said. It was quite late at night, I think. So I, I watched like the first half and then I, I had to go off and do something else and then just, you know, stuff happens and I wasn't able to get back to watch the second half until quite late in the evening, about 11 o'clock or something. So I don't know, you have to remind me what I said. I, I was just, just trying to find what I said. <laughs> I think I mean, I've just, off, from, off the top of my head, the things that amused me were the uh, the basketball shot timing on that joke just the cut to the next scene that made me laugh even though you know you could see it coming we all knew it was coming but then it happened and it was very funny not planned either the uh the stickers 
keep, oh, keep yeah. uh, you know, everyone on the Discord is, uh, keeps nagging you about the stickers. So there are a few people who love stickers generally, and I'm, I'm sure they'd be very happy if uh, Mark Ellis Review stickers were available. I promise they will be set at some stage. Um, what else was there? Oh, yeah, there's the your play date. You still haven't installed the Mark Ellis Simulator. What's I haven't, that? no. I know. I promise I will. I think maybe when baby's here and I've got all that spare time, obviously, that you get after immediately after you've had a baby and you're awake all the time, um, I'll probably do it then. But no, you're right. Oh, for, the, for the benefit of those who don't know, so when Mark got his play date, which he found out from me, oh, yeah. and I pre-ordered one, like, on the day of release, he's got one and I haven't. It's not. It's not okay. I know. Um, but anyway, but it's got a, one of the fun things about it. It's got a really easy to use SDK. So I mean, you can write stuff for it properly, or it's got like a web-based Lego game maker. So I made a, I made a Mark Ellis simulator game for the Playdate using their web-based tool. Um, and there's a there's a fun eight-bit rendition chip tune version of the eight or sixteen. Oh, amazing jingle! I didn't realise that. <laughs> I've got to do this now, haven't I? I feel bad. You put all that effort into it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, other than that, in the video, what was there? I think you'd noticed my rather sad-looking bonsai tree. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you lied, didn't you? So it's about ten minutes into the video, you said this oh, yeah. is the only real plant in the studio, and but it, it isn't because in your foyer you've got a you've got a bonsai, which is slowly dying. That was in the original. That was in the bedroom studio actually. But it, um, I've had that for years, and it, it gradually started to die when I moved out of the bedroom studio and forgot it was there. Left it there all alone and then um jen found it a little while ago and said do you want to take this to the um kind of handed me this like bunch of twigs and with one kind of sorry leaf hanging off it and said do you want to take this to the studio so i have i think it's salvageable i'm not much of a gardener though so i don't really know what to do with it apart from keep putting water in it, I think it how much sunlight does it get not in much. the foyer well, i think it might need a bit more sunlight than it's getting and does that radiator come on? It's right in front no, of a radiator. It doesn't, to be fair. No, that's a storage oh, that's heater. Right. Never on. Yeah, because it would not not appreciate the dry heat from a radiator. Yeah, no, I think it's salvageable. It just yeah, it just needs a bit of bit of love, a bit of tender loving care. Um, yeah, I think that was all the feedback really. But um, thank you. No, for there that. was loads more. There was um, <laughs> there, there was the you, you wrote a jingle for the intro, which is which oh, was yeah. new. Yeah, got a bit so fancy that with fun. that, didn't I? I enjoyed that. Yep. Um, and I think I linked to your two previous studio tours because you did one when you were still in the broom cupboard. Yes. And then you did another one when you just moved in. And even the difference from when you first moved in to now is quite astonishing. Yeah, there's a lot more stuff in here, I think. That's probably the main difference. It's um, it's an absolute mess as well. But it's, it's a working studio. You know, you see a lot of people, don't you, on YouTube with immaculate sets and things and... The bit where I am now, which is the A-roll set, is probably the tidiest part. And even that isn't that tidy, really, but that's just well, that's, me, really. That, that, so that's the thing. So one of the things that I enjoyed most about this video, I don't know, have you seen it yet, Doc? The the latest uh, studio tour? Not yet. Okay. It's worth a watch. It's, uh, I mean, it is, it's half an hour, which is the longest Mark Ellis Reviews piece of content to date. Uh, Sorry I about think. that. I'm, isn't it? It is, yeah. I'm just yeah, apologising. sure it is. Um, such that I had to you know, I had to watch in in two parts. It, was a, it required two sittings. <laughs> but, but but yeah, I think the the two observations I made was one is you've got so many headphones knocking about. You could make a headphone feature wall, yeah. which would look quite cool. I, I like think because you've got them like stashed in boxes and trays and stuff. And it's like, well, like, you could stick them on the wall. That would look awesome, wouldn't it? That's a good the whole idea. wall of headphones. I forgot about um, that. But the other thing was, yeah, when you mentioned Casey Neistat earlier, is that, that run and gun? Because yeah, your your A roll set is pristine and it's beautifully lit and all the rest of it. Um, but it, which is great, I'm not knocking it. But as a as a viewer, I felt more sort of engaged and connected when the camera was mostly pointing up your nose. <laughs> I'm not no, sure no, that's just that, that sort of run and gun style. You're just sort of just bounding around your studio, showing. To, oh, the, the other thing was that you literally highlighted everything in the frame. It really irritates me because I'm really nosy. I love I love these like 
you know when people show off their workspace and what they use and why and the stories that they might have about those things and it really irks me when i see something cool in the corner and they don't talk about it yeah but you talked about everything most stuff there's a few things i missed out by mistake but Was that, well, you, well, you didn't miss anything that annoyed me good well there you so. go job, job done <laughs> well, but yeah well the t you didn't talk you didn't mention the t dac the magsafe no, t dac i didn't actually know there are so many little things though here and there but um I think I covered the most interesting stuff, I think, hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that was my feedback, I think. I yeah, really, really enjoy more of that, please. I will. I'll, I'll, I promise I'll do more of that, definitely. And, um, yeah, thanks for thanks for watching it. Um, anyway, moving on. Um, WWDC isn't that far off. And, in fact, actually, bearing in mind it's two weeks away, we're not going to do another podcast before then. Um, what happens after that date is anyone's guess, because, obviously, the 7th is our... Uh, due date um so this is actually the first well, sorry the last eight or 16 before wwdc so we might as well do a bit a bit of a preview particularly as we've got doc on because it'd be good to get doc's um thoughts about what apple might do on the on the sixth uh what what are you thinking doc is there anything in particular that you're really looking forward to at wwdc the same thing i look forward to every year <laughs> which is um something cool with ipad os oh yeah Mainly because that's just, that's obviously sort of selfish because that's like my most you know my most important computer my favorite computer, um, and and I think for me it's sort of how will they extend it without losing its simplicity, is what I'm kind of looking forward to. Um, but the other thing I'm looking forward to that sort of left field, is possible AR, because we know it's got to come sometime. Um, and it's sort of like the last few events is, is this going to be the one? Is this going to be the one? Is this going to be the one? So, yeah. <laughs> what, what do you want to see from it? I know, I know a lot of people have said that we might see some kind of, um, you know, AR OS type thing, but rather than perhaps rather than having any kind of hardware stuff shown, we might see something related to, um, the OS, but is there anything specifically you want to see in terms of AR? I don't know, to be honest. Um, I think the reason why I don't know is because it's one of those... So it's not like... Um, Apple tends to come into things late in the game, don't they? They, they sort of, they're, fa- they're basically like ultimate fashionably, fashionably late company. Um, you know, and literally fashionably too. Um, but with AR, it's early, which is sort of odd for Apple. And every now and then that happens, right? Like with AirPods, um, which I think where I think there was the Sony one before AirPods, but AirPods was practically almost first or second, I think, when they came. I can't remember now. You might remember. But anyway, it's I mean there's Google Glass, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So basically there's nothing there's nothing here. There's sort of what Facebook has done and there's sort of what um Snap has done. But Apple's ambitions appear to be bigger. So it's, it's, I, I really don't know what to expect. And especially because, like, what's going to be the Apple spin on it? What's going to be the sort of, you know, magical angle? Hmm. Um, especially because the rumors suggest, what the rumors suggest does not sound very aptly. That's the other thing that I'm very, you know, the, so the, the rumors suggest of these really big headphones, um, sorry, um, headsets, which, doesn't sound very elegant so yeah i don't know yeah there's, i'm kind of just waiting to see there's got to be a good story behind it hasn't there as always there's got to be something that kind of because yeah. st- i've said it several times that i, I still can't imagine what it's going to be but um i'm 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 not convinced we're going to see anything ar related at wwdc what, what, what about you rob are you do you think uh, well we had that chat with sammy from mac rumors didn't we and he he will know things that us mere mortals won't ever get to see. Um, and he was pretty like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I think we're going to see some something about AR. And there was a there was a leaked report recently that the you know a prototype headset had been shown off to execs. So it's there is there's something going on. Whether or not that the, the WWDC they will want to tell developers about AR. I think at the very least. They would want to, to, even if there's no sort of hardware preview. There's certainly not going to be, a, you know, an AR hardware 
launch. But but they might want to show developers cool new things that they can do with AR kit. Because mm. at the moment it's sort of limited to the animated Apple logos on the event invites and stuff, isn't it? People aren't really doing all that much with it. Except actually there's a there's a very Oh, what was it? There's a, there's a. <laughs> my daughter loves it. It's a, it's a game with an avocado in it, an AR avocado, and you can make him do all kinds of stuff. Avocado. Yeah, 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 very good, very good. I, I, I apologize for the joke. Best joke we've had. So you, you fire up the game, and the character and the game elements all appear in your living room or wherever you're playing it, and you can move your iPad around and interact with this little avocado i forget the name of it but it's very good fun but yeah there should be more of that kind of stuff i think i think it's a really i think it's the future it's a really exciting technology yeah we need something fresh don't we we do need something that's new i think really there's i don't know if i've shared on the discord there's a fitness app that's ar based as well i've been wanting to share it but i don't remember if i shared it because i've not tried it out i've got it um, so it's sort of very Wii reminiscent, I, th- I, I suppose, but with AR included. Um, but yeah, I haven't tried it out. So I don't remember if I've actually shared it or if I was, if I left it for one of those things I want to test out before I actually throw. Yeah, that's fair enough. And going back to iPad OS, that's my, that's my main, I'd, I'd love to see something, to, something to do with AR. Obviously that would be really interesting, but I think in terms of practical stuff for now, iPad OS 16 is going to be good. And there are there have been some leaks, haven't there? There've been some interesting little tidbits about what could be coming. Um, it sounds like possibly there is going to be something fairly fairly significant changing. I think you know, new home screen and all this sort of stuff, new um, uh, you know window management and all that kind of stuff. But it's all rumours. We don't know what any of this stuff really means in in reality. But I just don't. I, I mean, this goes right back to the start of this podcast, you know, our first episode, where we said. In fact, the, the show title was "If All We Get Is Widgets." They can't really do that again <laughs> this year, can they? Because that's exactly what they did. Well, I think I feel like they've they've stepped up multitasking though. Every with every iteration of iPadOS since they introduced it, haven't they? It's to, uh, well, it's never quite what people want. I no. know, but the, the 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 but it's that's Apple's way, isn't it? It's 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 gradually to to something that's you know like the iPhone, the first iphone came without copy and paste and <laughs> true like when yeah. you think what the first iphone came without it's hilarious <laughs> i think that they've fiddled with it haven't they and they they yeah they made a few changes last year um but it still feels a bit ham-fisted to me it feels a bit mm. clunky still I don't know what the answer is. I, I always kind of have to, have to kind of caveat this with the fact that I don't know what the answer is, but then I don't work for Apple, so I shouldn't know what it is. But um, but the, the other big thing, obviously, is the Pro apps, which I won't, I won't keep going on about because I've, I've probably bored everyone to tears with that. But um, yeah, Final Cut Pro, etc. Um, hopefully, we'll, we'll get to see something in that area. Fingers crossed. I'm hopeful for better RAM management. So this is just something personal for me. It's... You know, being able to open apps like Safari and leave them and come back and all my windows haven't shut down. Well, I think that's probably less of a problem with the M1s. What, what, what iPad yeah, That's you... true. No, you're right. I haven't got an M1, so... What what have you got? The 2018. Oh, yeah. So I think we're, we're, we've all got a 2018, haven't we? Which has got like three gigs Because they didn't room. do the 11-inch with the lovely new screen and i like I, yeah i thought i'm, I'm gonna w- keep so that's something i'm definitely looking forward to but that's not coming that's not gonna be the wwdc anyway so whatever yeah no that'll be an autumn thing so yeah so I, I think certainly i think the standard m1 ipads have got eight gigs now haven't they? and if you if you get if you bump up the storage to a terabyte or higher then you get 16 so yeah, so I don't think I don't think RAM management is. Is that is that terabyte or higher for all or terab? It's only twelve point nine that goes up to that height, does isn't it? That's a that's a good point. Yeah, I know. I don't know off the top of my head. Yeah, I'm not sure. We'll see. I really want to stick with my eleven if I can. I think you'll be, I don't I don't think they're going to get rid of it. I think they'll they'll keep that that size. 
I would have thought. Oh no, I know, but I mean, just in terms of, um, I don't know. I I have the, I, I have this concern that they will bring something to the twelve point nine that I really like, mm-hmm. but not to the eleven. Reserve it for the big one. Yeah, which I understand. Usually, it's probably because maybe they think it makes more sense for the screen size, or or because it's bigger battery or whatever. I don't know, but still, possibly. What about iOS? Because when I sat down to write my kind of predictions and thoughts about WWDC, I, I couldn't think really of anything on the iPhone that I, I really want that's kind of a pressing thing. Have you, either of you got anything? There's a rumor about multitasking on Pros, on Pro iOS phones. Okay. Although I'm not sure if it's Pro or Pro Maxes. It might just be Pro Maxes or Pros. I don't know. Have you seen that with them um, top and down multitasking? No, I haven't. No, I mean that would make sense. I think on the Pro Max, wouldn't it? Not- I I don't know. I've thought about it because I I've never really thought. Oh, I'd like to be able to open two apps at once. <laughs> it's not something that I'd use personally, but I know. Yeah, so you- I, I'm like, who really wants? And I know even on the Androids where they do it, I've not really seen anyone using it. Mostly a few power users now and then, but you know, yeah, someone's probably killing themselves with frustration now because of what I said somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I don't, I don't know. I am, um, I don't know that I'm looking for that. I'm happy with the, the multitasking of picture and picture video that I use all the time. And I love, um, but other than that, I don't know. But you're right. I don't know what I want for iOS. I just think it's okay. I, I, there's not really much more they need to do. Really? Oh, there's there's little quirks, actually. I just thought of that. Just really annoying little things. So things like in the settings, when some things just load for... Like when you open your battery in settings, why does it take a while to load? I've never noticed that. Do you mean when you go into the battery health yeah, section? Yeah, it doesn't just show up immediately. It loads. It does and that with um, the internet. Yeah, it does that with storage as well. If you go into the storage section, yeah, well, storage I can kind of understand. Yeah, but I don't know. It's it's just sort of little annoying things I think that I would like them to sort of clean up. That kind of proves the point, though, doesn't it? Really, if that if that's what we've got to. But I, I just wonder with, with Apple. I wonder if they'll come up with something that we, well, yeah, they've they've got something in in the bag that we've never thought of. A little bit like universal control, which I didn't see that coming personally. Um, I know it's not unique, but it was. It wasn't really. It wasn't yeah. rumored. It was a bit of a surprise. I wonder if, they, if they've got something similar to that with the iPhone. Maybe this year. Who knows? But I won't be disappointed if they haven't. If the main focus is iPad OS, I'm happy with that. And if we get to see a glimpse of the the Mac Pro just for a laugh, then uh, even better. Yeah, it might be AR stuff as well. I mean, I was thinking about how the accessibility stuff that they mm. announced is all. When you think about it, it's all low-key AR stuff. Yeah, they've announced it early, haven't they? Which is unusual, really. Yeah, well, they've been doing that for a couple of years, I think. Um, usually on Global Accessibility Days. Um, and I suppose, yeah, I've heard something along the lines of they do that so that they can ensure that it doesn't get missing in the middle of everything else they're going to announce because that's important to them. And, you know, like Apple does sort of pay attention to accessibility, don't they? So. Oh, it's amazing. I, I only found out this week that you can do gestures with your your wrist and with your hand on Apple Watch. So you can apparently... I didn't, um, I didn't know that. I didn't know you could clench your fist and do all that stuff. I love it. Um, it's so nice for when you're washing plates or things like that. Or like like your hands are wet and you want to do something. Oh, What, what have you done with yours? Have you, have you, have you customised yours? Um, I just use the default stuff. Yep. Um... But yeah, I stopped. I stopped it recently though because I realized I wasn't using it that much. But I kind of do want to use it because I still keep getting to situations where I'm one-handed. Um, so like you know, when one hand is wet or when one hand is busy or carrying sort of luggage or whatever. Um, and I think I want to do something on my watch. Um, so every now and then I think, oh, I should re-enable this. I'll just, uh, uh, you guys have just blown my mind. I didn't know anything about this. Talk no, me through this. Explain I didn't, it like I'm five. I was listening to, I think it was an Apple Insider podcast I was listening to yesterday, and they just started talking about it because, as Doc was saying, they've, they've released or they've um, announced three or four accessibility features in iOS 16 early. Um, and they were talking about that on, on Apple Insider. And uh, one of them just said, oh, yeah, I've, I'm always using those gesture controls on 
the Apple Watch. And he started talking about the fact that you can clench your fist and assign that something. I think you can double double clench your fist, can't you? You can, you can, you can, you can, you can clench. You can clench. Yep. You can double clench. You can tap. You can double tap. So four gestures, and then you can customize them to do things, including um, sort of press the main button on screen, move forward or back, or sort of move around the elements of the screen. So sort of like how you would use your keyboard to, like as a tab, like the way you use tab to sort of, yeah, select from. It's kind of like that with the watch, where tab is your fingers. So clever. I. How have I missed this? Well, it's been, <laughs> I'd missed it. Right. It was last year. So this was last year. So what they did this year, this was the one for last year. The gestures thing was the one for last year's um, accessibility, global accessibility day pre WWC, uh, WWDC um, announcements. Um, and I think that was also when they announced the door one. So last year, that was also when, for this same time, was when they announced the, the one where for vision impaired people, um, no, yeah, for vision impaired people, they could have their phone, let them know if they're standing like two meters or more from, or like closer than two meters to people. Yeah, it's, um, uh, what I found interesting with this is it, it, the fact they've done, they do this early, they, they do this kind of early announcement. I didn't even know that either until this, this year, until I heard it on, on another podcast. And what bothers me is that they, they don't seem to shout about it enough, which is unusual for Apple because they, they, they are amazing with the accessibility stuff, all their kind of green credentials. All they do, though. They have, like, videos and everything. Yeah, but it's not... I mean, like, Rob <laughs> didn't know anything about the... I mean, for, for Rob not yeah. to know. Um, and I, I genuinely had no idea <laughs> about is, these... That is odd, actually, for Rob <laughs> not to know. <laughs> but I had no idea about these iOS 16 pre-announcements until I listened to a completely you know, third-party podcast. Um, you know, why, why, aren't they, why aren't they announcing them at WWDC? Because it's, it's really important stuff. Um, well, the argument I've heard is because WWDC has been packed normally, hmm. and and recently it is it is often quite packed. That's one, but also two, it would probably just get lost in the middle of everything else, like whatever the big thing was. And this gives it sort of space to breathe, um, and like a few a full two weeks or so before WWDC, but also because it's Global Accessibility Day. So actually, in this sense, oh, okay. one we think about is the people who care. Yeah, you know, so I, I'll never forget this. This goes way way back. There's a popular Nigerian musician who's um, who's blind. He's very big. He's a big like producer, um, and I remember this was in the early days of Twitter, and he was regularly on Twitter, and everyone used to wonder like, how are you tweeting? Is someone tweeting for you? And it was sort of shocking to people to discover that he tweeted by himself. Um, but he had an iPhone, <laughs> and and. And that's it's sort of easy to think about now, but like there's lots of people like that who just, and of course you, you bet he knows every single thing he needs to know about how to maximize that iPhone. Oh yeah. In ways that you and I probably don't even think about that are there right there. And they've been there for, I don't know, 10 years or whatever. Um, so I think it's one of those things where people who need it tend to, you know, if you go to an Apple store and you have a disability, I'm pretty sure they've got people who will like walk you through. Yeah. Well, my first introdu introduction to accessibility on the iPhone was through one of my aunties who's blind. Um, and she got an iPhone about a year prior to me kind of, kind of talking to her about it. And um, she just started showing me what how she used it. And she's completely blind, totally cannot see a thing. And um, she was just showing me how she uses it. And it's it, that was that, this was probably four or five years ago, I think. And it was mind-blowing what she was doing with it. And it was really natural as well. Because I, I said to her, have you had to learn this stuff? Does it feel like you've got to, you know, they're kind of making you go around things? And she said, no, it's it's really intuitive. And and if you are, if you're used to using sign, lang uh, sign language, if you're used to using uh, Braille and all that sort of stuff, it's very intuitive actually. And the, like like everything Apple does, the way they develop the, the kind of user interface element of it um, is just very, very smart and very intuitive. And yeah, back I, rem I remember back then being blown away by what she was doing with it. Yeah, my, my sense of it is they don't like to make too much noise about it because for the same reason, they were sort of almost embarrassed to announce their profits during COVID. Hmm. You know, just like it can easily feel a little too sort of, you know, look at me helping the poor people, that sort of thing. 
I think because there's a balance. There's a balance in that sort of thing to be careful not to sort of almost um, imply that you know people are sort of like like the people have been getting on before iPhones. So obviously, <laughs> you know, it's useful, but it's not like they weren't getting on in one way or the other. But but that said, it's I mean, there's so many things, and and they, they really invest a lot into it. Mm-hmm. Even something like fall detection on the watch. I'm well, maybe because I. Like I remember when I heard that, I remember thinking, "Oh my goodness, people that have epilepsy, like not just blind people, I'm not just so elderly people, people who are blind who might fall for you know on on unseen reasons, literally, um, but also people with epilepsy, hmm. yeah, which can happen like any random time, and then could happen where no one is. Like that one instance where falls a serious problem, <laughs> you know, and could be potentially life threatening." It's that interesting thing with accessibility where the features are so smart and although they're designed for for people with disabilities or whatever it might be, there's that crossover, isn't there, where some of them could be features that you wouldn't find in accessibility settings. Like, you know, the tapping the back of the phone, I think, is in accessibility, isn't it, if you want to assign that, yeah. tapping that to something. Or three-figure drag. All that stuff, yeah. Actually, I don't, I don't know why three-figure drag is in accessibility because I was thinking... <laughs> But they, they have to make that decision, don't they? And I, I guess initially yeah. these features are, are built for accessibility reasons. But there is that really interesting crossover where they can quite easily, they all perhaps should be a normal feature because they're that useful. And it's, you have to kind of dig into yeah. accessibility to find them, don't you? Or, or um, I, I, you remember when everyone had them um, home screen, software home screens on their phones? Because this was back when people, um, Touch ID, or well, the home button used to break um, in yeah. sort of earlier days. And it, Everyone had these, and I hear it was very common in like Asian countries, especially like Korea, Japan, um, and maybe China. Um, so it was almost like a cultural thing there where everyone had these touch ID, not touch ID, you know what I mean? The whole button. It's when, when you button break, like I, I knew someone who had that and she had the phone, uh, her button had, had stopped working. So she had this yes, kind exactly. of ever present thing on the screen, which, yes. which doubles as the home button, doesn't it? Yes. That was saying, an accessibility feature. Yeah. And again, for I, people I, who couldn't press the home button. Exactly. Again, I had no idea what that was. And um, <laughs> I'd never seen this little white dot on the screen before. And that's, yeah, that's what it was. Uh, right. WWDC. Have we done WWDC? I think we have. Is there anything else we can think of that's worth well, talking t- about? Well, t- TVOS, your recent article and your frustration in not being able to stream live TV and. Oh yeah, you know, trying to find some way of not ever having to deal with the Now TV app ever again. Oh God, Now TV. We've got that on the list, actually, haven't we? We'll come on to that in a minute. But is it on the list? Uh, yeah, I think we were going to quiz Doc on Now TV. Um, I hate Now oh, TV. Yeah, okay. Well, let's let's, let's talk about let's, <laughs> let's talk about Apple TV now, and that will inevitably take us to Now TV yeah. because we're all in that same horrible thing, aren't we? But um. Yeah, I, I, so personally, again, this isn't really Apple's fault. I think it's the, it's just the way the TV industry in the UK is just inherently broken. Um, I'm really enjoying just using the Apple TV now. So I haven't got Sky anymore. It's all gone. I haven't got Freeview, got nothing. It's literally everything we watch is on Apple TV. Um, Jen's getting on really well with it. She's, um, I've not really had to show her how to use it. She's just using the Up Next thing and, you know, the next episode of Home and Away always appears in there, so she's happy. Um, but the, the, the issue I've got with it because I'm an old fart, is that I like, I used to like channel hopping. So you just switch the TV on with nothing. And this happens every day, actually. It happens more than I'm comfortable with. Um, you just stick on the TV and just flick through the channels and find something you want to watch. And I think like Rob said a little while ago, it's normally naked attraction, but um, <laughs> you can't. <laughs> and if no one who's listening knows what that is, just just Google it. It's, no, don't Google actually, it. Actually, don't Google it. Um <laughs> Yeah, horrible. Uh, anyway, if you don't Google it on your work phone. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, gosh, completely throwing me off. Where was I? Yeah. So, but you can't do that. You can't channel hop with my new setup because everything is in its own kind of little silo. So you have BBC. Have we lost Doc? Oh, there he is. Right, he's back. I thought you left Doc after the naked attraction talk. Um, so everything's in its own little silo. So you have the BBC app. You have Now TV. You have Apple TV Plus. All the rest of it. Um, and I, someone, I think I mentioned this on, on my blog, and someone commented and said, uh, "Have you thought about using the the app switcher? You know, press press twice on the button on the um, you know, the home button on the the Apple TV remote, and just swipe through your open apps to to channel hop." Not quite the same thing, really. Um, so that's that's the problem. That's the issue I have with it. 
And I know that in other countries, the US... In fact, there's a list on Apple's website of the countries that have TV services that you can sign into the Apple TV with. And I didn't realise how big it was. I, I thought it was just the States, but it's there's loads of really random countries that have got some kind of integration with Apple TV, and we haven't. Um, and like I say, that's not Apple's fault. It's, it's just you know, negotiations and red tape and stuff, isn't it? But am I the only one out of us three that has that problem? I don't think I am. No, not at all. So well, I, I've been meaning to bring this up for a while, and it, it'll be a subject for another day because um, Louise Findlay sent me on another another wacky mission. So yeah, not content with uh, causing me to spend several hundred pounds on keyboard parts, I'm now looking into building a a, 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 a live TV streaming and DVR solution using, in fact. Her old NAS, which she also conned me into buying. <laughs> so, yeah, the, I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. There is just something about sitting down and rather than having to think about what you want to watch or, you know, having to decide, you just, yeah, channel hopping is sometimes that's just what you want. You just want to go bang, bang, bang. Okay, that'll do. And you'll just stumble across things that you wouldn't necessarily have gone looking for. So, yeah, I absolutely miss channel hopping i'm working on a way of of getting that back um but yeah i'll, I'll report back on that when i when i've done it please do what about you doc but, sorry yeah Rob. are you are you all streaming doc pretty much yeah i actually hadn't thought about the channel hopping thing until mark mentioned it and i thought actually that's true that's um yeah i mean that's behavior i think everyone had with tv back you know back when tv was just tv um, but I think because I've sort of become more streaming focused, I've kind of, you know, you can't channel hop on Netflix <laughs> and, um, you definitely can channel hop like, yeah, I mean, when it was just Netflix, I was the only one, there wasn't much channel hopping to do. Um, and I've, as I've expanded my sort of services, I'm, I, I like how Apple TV brings them together, but yeah, you also have, that, and, and like you said, there's a nice little thing where you can catch up with everything on Apple TV. So like Apple TV tells, sort of sends you to Disney or sends you to um, Amazon Prime and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so that's that's quite nice. Especially when you're watching a show and new episodes drop. Yeah. That that works really well, but, doesn't it? Actually? But yeah, that's really nice. Um, but it's not the same as channel hopping. I think my main reason why I don't miss it though is more because I never used, I used to, uh, my TV watching was generally like I watch something, I turn on TV. So it was always a bit weird, I think. Yeah. I think we, we just have to wait, don't we, and see if anything... I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know who's holding up the proceedings in the in UK. In the UK? It's not likely. No, it's not, is it? Because we've got the BBC, <laughs> we've got Sky. I mean, it's, it's, this is institutional issues. Yeah. I mean, we still have the whole thing with, with them, how you can get HBO because of Sky. I think until oh, the really? contract runs out in, I don't know, two years or something. I can't remember when it's supposed to. I didn't even know. So we, we don't get HBO because of Sky. Is that basically the reason? Well, no, but we, you, can only, you can only get HBO content through Sky. Oh, through they, it, sorry. They, right, yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, what I mean by we don't get it is because it depends. It's not day and date. So sometimes you get it delayed. Um, sometimes you get it day and date with HBO in the US. Sometimes it's like, like Peacemaker didn't come for like two months. So by the time it came in the UK, everyone had forgotten about it. That sort of thing. Yeah, it's just it's just knackered in this country, isn't it, TV? Um, but I'm never going back to Sky at all. I'm just not doing it. But again, for, for the benefit of people perhaps who are, who are listening who aren't in this country, the, the other option we have... So when, when you leave Sky, you can still kind of get Sky, but not by not having Sky. And the way you do that is you get Now TV, which is owned by Sky, and it's their kind of streaming service. Um, <laughs> much cheaper um, and not quite as technically proficient. Um, that noise that you just made, Doc, is... Uh, yeah, that that's in relation to the app, isn't it? The Now TV app. Yes. It's not good, is it? That's put in very kindly. It's probably the worst it's, app I've got on it's my It's hot TV. flaming trash, is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> There's two things. I don't know if you've got, both got the same. Rob, you've got Now TV, haven't you? No. Oh, you haven't? 
No, well, I was just—I heard about how awful an experience you two had, and I've just, yeah, I've given it a miss. Just making do with, with other stuff. I mean, there are a few HBO. I think if I if there was something, if there was some HBO content that I really wanted to watch, I would uh, do a sneaky VPN and just go and get HBO Max. Yeah, because I mean, obviously, everyone knows there are various ways of getting content from other countries. So I think if there was something that I really absolutely had to watch, I would do that rather than put myself through the now tv experience it does make you think about how much tv you actually watch because i've been thinking about this since we had now tv and i've I've worked out that we only so i I use it at the minute for the f1 which is on every couple of weeks occasionally football but that's now finished um and then we occasionally put on friends just just for something to put on in the background while you're eating dinner and catching up with each other after you know working all day i don't think we use now tv for anything else um might watch sky news through it occasionally but not very often um so although i'm not paying a huge amount for it it yeah i'm probably not getting my money's worth really but there's there's two issues with it so the the, the first major issue with it is that the app like you say doc is terrible crashes a lot um and it's not very well designed it's got the most lackluster tv guide i've ever seen you get what's on now and what's on next and that's it you can't see anything else um, but the biggest issue I've got with it is the image quality. I don't know if you have this problem, Doc. But um, in, oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's unbelievable. So on, you can only really see it on dark scenes, but there's so much pixelation and compression and stuff going on. Do you know that if you don't get the boosts, you get image quality of 480p? Really? Uh, that's the boost. I mean, mixing isn't it? this yeah. up, and I think with the boost you get up to 720. What? What is? That? Well, the boost, boost gives you 10, 1080 and uh, oh, Dolby so, Digital. Okay. Oh, 1080 I know but even that is gives you that terrible image quality. The, the, the resolution doesn't seem to have any bearing on it it's just there's something and wrong then you can't the use your re- you can't use your remote to control the buttons so you have to you have to actually like use the the Siri remote and sort of move on the thing like an animal and then and then just to rewind is like four clicks oh yeah it it's so horrible you can't convince me that it's not deliberately this and they keep updating this app. It's like, how are you updating this app? So I've, you, you mentioned the rewind. I almost prefer if it wasn't updated in like four years. <laughs> you mentioned the rewind Because I know, thing. okay, they've abandoned it. <laughs> Sorry. No, you, you mentioned the rewind thing. I, I've noticed that if you fast forward, it's got about four different fast forward settings, uh, speed. It's like fast, it's, it's like DVDs. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's like a throwback to how DVDs used to fast forward. <laughs> Why? But it's got like six to thirty or something, and they're all identically slow. It just doesn't make any sense. Oh, I hate it! I hate it so much. But um, I don't. Well, I'm, well Rob, you, I think you'll have to tell us more once you've once you've got your your kind of um, your own setup sorted out via the uh, the advice you're getting from Louise. Yeah, you can I mean, it's, it's basically you just get a hardware tuner gets the, the signal from your aerial converts it into something digital then you can run a server on something like a nas or well, any computer really um, and then you get a client app for the apple tv so in my case i'm going to use channels so a, i think it's get get channels i'll put a link in the show notes but it is there are there are cheaper options you can do all your own you, there are all kinds of ways of doing this but um, the tuner i'll be using will be an hd home run which is not the cheapest but it's pretty much the gold standard if you want to do this kind of thing um the nas i'm using is louise's old synology ds218j which hasn't got enough processing power to do some of the really clever stuff like automatic advert removal and that kind of thing but it's good enough for just basic streaming recording that kind of stuff um, and then you've got various sort of front ends that you can do but yeah get channels is the best looking of the lot and it's about eight quid a month or something so yeah, watch this space. More on that as an, when I get it up and running. Absolutely, yeah. Keep us keep us posted. Um, and in the meantime, Doc and I will just kind of bumble on with Now TV. Useless. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else have we got on the list here? There are lots of questions we had for you, actually, Doc. We might as well just fire a, fire a th- few of these through because I don't think we covered everything last time that you were on. Um, for example, we talked a little bit last time about your writing. Um, what you do in terms of your writing and the apps that you use for that. But we didn't really go beyond that in terms of the, your favourite apps and the stuff that you rely on. Is there anything else, any other favourite apps that you, you kind of use every day that you, you couldn't do without? I think we talked about Ulysses, right? We did, 
Yeah, which is brilliant. Right. Yeah, that's that's Ulysses and Drafts are the main writing ones, I think. Um, and WordPress app. No, actually, not so much the WordPress apps since they're using Ulysses because Ulysses, even unless you update from Ulysses, which is so cool. Oh, I, I love Ulysses. It's just amazing. Yeah. But what about beyond writing? What, what other stuff are you, are you relying on? Hmm. Well, okay, you know about my note apps already, so there's, there's no need to go over that again. Um, well, hold on, actually, no, we could. We could go over that again because... So you introduced me to Nebo, and I love it. It just works the way my brain does. But both you and Mark have gone back to Notability, haven't you? Oh, no, I still use Nebo. Yeah. Oh, I definitely use Nebo. I don't. I use Nebo and Notability, basically, just for different things. So I use Nebo for... Like I, for me, Nibo is a, is for writing things that are going somewhere. So my writing Nibo is not to keep in Nibo. So like, I'm not bothered about the organization and all that of Nibo, which isn't great to be honest. Um, it's just, just, I'm writing in Nibo because I'm going to then convert that into a Word document. Um, and that's really useful for a few sort of settings. And mis- biggest ones being where I'm, listening to someone and taking notes because like i said there's just something intuitive and, intuitive and natural about that that i think feels very okay to people like i've used nibo so like when i'm using my ipad in like therapy sessions for instance you don't want to be talking to a therapist and <laughs> and they hold their computer or anything with a keyboard but if they own an ipad and writing on it that's like any therapist writing notes anyway yeah do you get what i mean so it just yeah, it's things like that. But then I can easily convert that into um, into proper notes later on. I think that's why I get on with it so well, because I, I do primarily use it for note-taking during meetings, which I then want to convert into minutes and email out. So I think that's... Um, I don't... I don't. I think if I had a need for, for the organisation to make like a digital scrapbook or, you know, just group those those notes together in some way... And yeah, notability is the tool for the job. My my issue with notability is it just doesn't doesn't work the way my brain does. You've got to learn how to use it. I find. Just I I find myself always pressing the wrong button or going to the wrong screen or just it uh, the, the where I think things should be they aren't. Whereas Nebo, I just I pick it up, I write my stuff. It's all converted into text. It's lovely. Just it, it works perfectly for what I need it to do. Yeah, and the way it crosses out, ugh. And yeah. I, I know Mark, Mark hates that, but like for me, that works with, it's like, I want to, count, like, I never use the eraser in Nebo, never. Because, and I suppose Mark would like something, which I can see how that would make sense, like where you could use the eraser instead of crossing out. But like crossing out just feels natural to me. It's like, I don't like this stuff. I want to erase it, cross it out. <laughs> and it disappears, which is just perfect. I think Nebo's amazing. I, I wrote about it today on the, on the blog. I think it's an, an incredible app. Like the, the, the um, handwriting recognition is amazing. It's the best I've seen. I can see like, you've both given really good examples of where that would make sense. I don't really have a need for it like that. I, I, if I handwrite notes, I tend to leave them handwritten. I don't need to convert them. But like you say, Rob, if you're using them for minutes, I mean, I'd have, I'd have loved that five or six years ago when I was doing those kind of those kind of uh, note-taking duties. Um, and like you say, Doc, it makes sense in, in your field of work as well. But for me, it just doesn't. And the most frustrating thing about it, because the, the other thing about Nebo is that it's really well designed. And like you say, Rob, it's not, you can just dive in and start writing stuff. I think like with Notability, I, I totally agree. As much as I like that, it's, you do have to sit down and work out how it all works, which is a bit a bit annoying for that kind of app. Um, so it's nice and, it's, Nebo's lovely, clean designed. Um, it's also got, you can't zoom into notes, which I think is a really good thing. Um, I've never really understood why note-taking apps let you zoom into the paper because you can't do that with real paper. I, I never need to zoom into my handwriting. You know, it just it doesn't make sense to me at all. So they've absolutely nailed that, and they've got this amazing kind of AI, whatever it is, um, stuff doing the handwriting recognition. But the biggest problem with it is that you can't turn any of it off. And that, that strike-through thing that you mentioned, Doc, is such a classic example of, I think, a software developer having their head stuck at the backside because it's clever it's really we get it it's really clever but it's really annoying if you don't want to do that because i quite like having lists of notes and i did it today actually i was, I was doing some b-roll and i had a, a shot list as, as i was doing it i was just swiping it off in, in notability and 
I've done that my entire life with notes and I want to be able to do that with Nevo as well. But you can't because you can't turn off that feature. Um, and it's such an obvious thing. Just give us, make, make it toggleable, if that's a word. Um, for reason they sent them an email, an angry, a strongly worded email. Well, I've written about it on the internet and, and added yeah, them on they're, Twitter. They're pretty so. responsive. You could actually email them. I think, well, hopefully, if, they, if their social media team is doing its job, they'll have seen my, my review today. And, I just uh, shared a, um, a link in the chat, actually, though, to say, so I don't know if people know this, but Notability is handwriting recognition. And I think a bunch of other apps as well um, is Nibble's engine. I didn't know that that they use so that's how good the nibble engine is everybody just uses it <laughs> it's like the it's like the unity of um handwriting <laughs> yeah I'm, it's just it annoys me i'm just um frustrated by it because i like everything else about it but i can't mm. use it for that reason so i've had to go back to notability so so yeah so we, we've covered we covered writing but you've got some really interesting reading apps as well that you use doc Oh yeah, um, Kindle. <laughs> Is that where you do most of your reading? No, I'm just messing around. Oh. Um, well, I <laughs> I use my Kindle for most of my Kindle reading. Actually, like I have an, a Paperwhite, um, which I like to read in because it's not an iPad or an iPhone. Ooh, on which you've pre-ordered Justin's book, Justin Cox, who's been on the show before. Yeah, Justin Cox of the Writing Cooperative has got a book out, which we've all bought, and we're very much looking forward to that. I don't know why I'm I'm plugging it because he doesn't listen, does he? He doesn't actually does he? <laughs> he doesn't listen to this. I don't think he watches my videos, but he's on the server, he's on the Discord <laughs> server. Um, but we'll plug it anyway. We'll put a link in the description to Justin's yeah. book. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, um, but for reading on my phone. Um, I use I use Reader a lot more now. I used Matter before um, for a bit, but I'm very I'm a massive massive fan of Readwise, huge fan. Um, my streak is 461 days. Wow! So, <laughs> so Readwise have a streak. Um, for for anyone who doesn't know, Readwise is this app that basically pulls all your highlights. Um, originally, it was highlights from Kindle. Um, but then they've expanded it to highlights from literally everything, including, um, I, you know, I was going to say iBooks, Apple Books, <laughs> um, um, Medium, PDFs, random PDFs, and even physical books because they have really... So before Apple released the new update that lets you do the um, live text thing, I used to use Readwise's OCR for that because it's so good it's it will literally let you select words on a page as if you're selecting it in a pdf nice which was just wild to me um so it may have made apple's own seem a little less wow because i'd seen that before and i'd never seen anyone do that before readwise did so that that that's like really cool um and then they pull all your highlights together into one place and then you can so my two cool features are the fact that you can review the highlights every day. So every day it throws up, you can choose anywhere from five to 15 highlights, um, which is a problem I've always wanted. So I, I, I don't know if I ever mentioned this, I used to collect highlights physically from like when I was in uni. Like I would write, so I had a little book where I'd write highlights from books, um, not highlights, um, quotes from books. Most of my friends know me as like the quotes guy. Like I've had friends say to me that I've, they've never had anyone quote authors as much as I like I would just randomly quote authors in conversation um and I didn't realize yeah like it's just something I do and it's not like I quote a ton of things obviously I'm only quoting what I've read there's a lot of, I've not read but I remember quotes that I like and I tend to use them again and again um so yeah readwise for me it's, it's not cheap but it's the kind of app that if you wanted something like this it's there's nothing else like it there's nothing else that does it um so yeah, so when they release a reader app, I just, I had Matter and I will say in some ways, Matter is beautifully designed in ways that I wish Readwise was. If Matter feels like an iOS app, let me put, let me put it that way. Um, I shouldn't talk about Reader actually. I'm not supposed to talk about Reader. It's in beta and they don't want, yeah. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to not talk about Reader. <laughs> Do we so I just remember that you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to talk about Reader because the idea of being in the beta is 
they want to sort of expand it. So I can say this, but they want to expand it and sort of iterate it within um, a community of sort of 1,000 true fans, so to speak, um, before they launch it into the world. So I was going to say a few things about Reader, but I realized I should probably not do that. I don't think you've said oh, anything incriminating. You're, you're fine. So, so when... when, when the, you... Nothing will happen if I don't. It's just, you know, the honor of it. <laughs> so I, I thought you were referring to the RSS feed reader, but there's there's another thing called Reader. Yes. So there's a Reader app, which they've announced on, on social media and been inviting people to um, and onboard you on when you join it. They onboard everyone on physically, which is really lovely. Like, so not physically, but like one on one. And to, and uh, to which to which service does this reader? Yeah, so it's like normal reader without any word spellings. Right. Okay. So reader by readwise, basically. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I yeah I thought you were talking about the. The RSS feed reader. So you don't use reader, R-E-E-D-E-A, D-E-R even. Well, I used to, but then I, I discovered NetNewsWire, which I've been... I like the interface of NetNewsWire. It's really nice. Um, So it, it it's, it's... The way reader works, I love reader's design, but the way you move from one, um, one article to the next is you slide up... Net, net, net news wire lets you slide sideways, which for me just feels more intuitive because it's like I scroll down for the article and I slide sideways for the next article rather than I scroll down for an article, then I have to scroll back up to the previous articles. I usually like reading reverse chronological order. Um, I don't know. Read that just, it's a little thing, but like net news wire just gets that right for me in a really lovely way. So I'll be using that instead. So when when you're sort of doing your daily, you know, keeping up to date on the internets and that, is it? Do you get most of your stuff through, and through NetNewsWire now, rather than like a tab group or you know something like that? So you're not you're visiting the actual websites. I must. I just save them into Reader and then I read them. So I use um, I use I use NetNewsWire for like subscriptions to like not subscription but you know what i mean like rss um and i use it to follow so that's why i follow things like daring fireball and you know stuff like that um seth godin you know a few other i don't have a lot of sites in there but it's just very nice sort of catch up on writers and for me it's writers who write regularly that those are the ones i'm really interested in following that way um so daily to like three times a week or something um, and then I use that to follow them there. It's a smart way of doing it. I, I think I've, I've tried this. I've, I've kind of dabbled with it, but never really stuck with it. But that's that's my fault rather than the actual the, app, the app's fault. But um, I love the idea of it kind of collating all of your, um, like you say, the, the people that you follow, but also think uh, some of them can take the uh, take newsletter content from email, can't they? So they, you can kind of have your because I'm terrible with that. I, I sign up to email lists from people that I genuinely want to read their kind of newsletters and just never and do never it. never look at it again. Yeah, they come through, you just delete it because it's in the way and all the rest of it. Whereas if I could just kind of send it off to some kind of reader app. But then you've got to remember, from the sounds of it, you've got a very kind of um, structured way of doing it, Doc, so you you, know, you, you read regularly. Whereas I'm, I'm terrible doing that. Um, you need to make it a habit, I suppose. I'm not, I'm not very regular, to be honest. So every now and then, like, I, I try to read like once a week and then I'll just go through like my reader backlog. My net newswire backlog, sorry. Yeah. Um, for the for the readwise, obviously the highlights, those come every day. So that's part of my morning routine is I go through my highlights. And that's really nice because because they're highlights, they're short. Yes. <laughs> but it's always like, oh, I remember this this lovely quote or this because usually you highlighted something for a reason. Um and so being reminded of it is like, oh yeah, that, that yeah, that was really good. And then you can discard it if you think, yeah, that's not useful anymore. Yeah, so I, I, it's a typically polished doc workflow there for <laughs> consuming written content. Right. I think because we've got a live audience, to kind of finish off the, the show, we should invite a couple of questions, which will either work or go horrendously wrong and no one will ask us anything. Um, so let's... We've got one, two, three people listening. So we've got Andy, Louise, and Paul, otherwise known as 
mandatory field, which is the best username ever, um, who are still listening. Um, one question each to any of us or as a group, whatever you like, uh, go. And is typing. This is exciting, isn't it? The 8 or 16 podcast is never this exciting. We've got some questions. We've got a question. for all right. So Andy is saying, uh, what drink will you guys buy yourselves if it is just widgets all over again at WWDC? What kind of dr- is it, uh, Andy? Is this to kind of drown our sorrows? I assume. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, Rob, <laughs> what drink? I don't know. I, 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 I this this year, this year is going to be the year they're going to. It's going to be the the leap from Intel to Apple Silicon. It's going to be that level of leap in iPad OS this year. I'm confident so on you that. won't need a drink Ooh, that's but bold. i think what we should do though if if it is just widgets if it, if it is disappointing i know we've got to try and work out how we'd measure the disappointment but i think we'll work that out i think we should all pick one drink that we'll do i'll go first i'll i'm, I'm not sure what we've got at home but i'll pick the worst the most horrible thing we've got in the cupboard alcohol wise kind of spirit wise and i'll have a shot of that and trust me, there's some horrendous things in there because whenever you have parties and stuff, someone brings around a horrible bottle of something. So I'll pick the most horrible thing. Creme de month. Oh, God, creme <laughs> de month. Oh. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll do it live on, on Instagram or something. And Andy's suggesting Jägermeister. I actually quite like Jägermeister. Jägermeister on its own is not bad, actually, to be, to be fair. It's all right. What about you, Doc? What, what, what are you going to... I honestly can't imagine. Um, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'll do it for all of us. Um, have we got another question? Did Louise ask a question? Let's have a look. I know she was asking earlier on about Fantastical. Um, okay. I don't know if that's something for later though, or... We'll perhaps save that. Oh, I... she did ask a question about iBooks. Okay, yeah. So do any of you use iBooks? And if so, do you sideload books or buy from the iBooks store? I don't use iBooks personally. I use it for the odd EPUB. So like every now and then I have an EPUB to read and so that goes oh, into cool. iBooks by default, but that's pretty much it. But you, Rob? No, I don't use iBooks. I just use the Kindle app. That's if I'm going to read a sort of e-book, it'll be either on a physical Kindle or the Kindle app. That's just kind of where every, all the e-book stuff lives for me. Sorry for the slightly underwhelming answers there, Louise. <laughs> And uh, Paul has asked, what is the last thing you want to see at WWDC? Does he mean last as in one more thing or literally the one thing you don't want to see? Widgets. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, think he's, I think he means what, yeah, what, what's the worst thing? What's worst your thing widgets for this year? The worst thing apart from widgets. Yeah, what, what you don't want to see, that's what he's asking. Uh, what don't... Oh, I know. Um... I do not want to see iPadOS looking more like macOS. I definitely don't want to see that. That's a fair shout. I feel like there are people who want that. Um, and I think it'd be a very terrible thing to do to iPad. I'm trying to think what I don't want to see at WWDC apart from widgets. Oh, I know. A version of Final Cut Pro where they talk it up, they talk about it for ages, it all looks very exciting. And then it's missing something really crucial that makes it completely unworkable. Which I wouldn't yeah, put it past yeah. Apple doing, actually. <laughs> if they do that, I'll down whatever bottle it is I've got in the cupboard. Rob? Well, I mean, I think the the challenge would be... Sorry, Rob, just just say... The challenge... Because there's already iMovie, right? So it would be stupid to bring a Final Cut Pro and then it's just like iMovie Plus. I couldn't agree more. Be crazy. <laughs> Go on there, Rob. What's, what's the one thing you don't want to see? I'm drawing a blank. It's hard, oh, isn't it? It's a really hard question, that. That is a really hard question. Good question, but a hard question. I'll get back to you, Paul. I'll have to think <laughs> about it. I, yeah, I'm drawing a blank. I think on that note, guys, we're going to have to have to call it a day. But um, that and once once again, we've not, we've made it about twenty percent of the way down the list. One day, Doc, we'll find out all of your your other cool stuff. Oh, I don't know if this shows. Hey, you've got a hydrate bottle. Mine's around it somewhere. I've missed this chat, haven't I? What what is it? (laughs) So this is not from the chat. It's just from the questions. It's just if just up there. I wanted to show um, you guys. We don't have to talk about it. I don't think we have time to talk about it. But yeah, just I did get the hydrate spark. Yeah. So ages ago, I I tried to talk Doc into getting a stupid smart water bottle like mine. 
and he has so that's excellent yep all my friends have left me now (laughs) (laughs) what a great way to end the podcast (laughs) doc thanks for coming on again we really appreciate it and um it won't be the last time and if anyone's still listening um (laughs) it's worth bearing in mind that we sprung this on doc i sprung this on doc out of nowhere we were talking on the discord server and i just said to him do you fancy coming on again because i think we were talking about our favorite guests and stuff and a lot of people said that was great and uh, in that moment i invited him on and you, you were a bit taken aback weren't you but you you agreed which was very nice of you so thank you yeah i thought you were joking at first <laughs> no never joking never joking right guys let's go and thank you to everyone in the discord server who's been listening um, very yeah. surreal yeah this was cool it so was really super cool. fun I think we'll do it each time definitely it's good cheers guys cheers